Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, hobby-obsessed office ladies with overly precise artistic skills, unknowing parents, reasons for wanting to escape reality, unknowing rivals, and aggressively bossy supervisors. Listener discretion is advised. Being who you really are in plain sight. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcast and vague reviews about connectedly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Yes, we are back for another fun-filled episode of this lovely and wonderful podcast, and I'm here to, well, have a good time because it's a new week, a new time, and things are looking very promising, especially with what is going on in life in general. I hope that you're doing well, I hope you're doing good, and I hope that things have been going expertly wonderful with you. But I do digress. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectedly enhanced narratives. Every episode, I'll talk about one or two manga tiles and tell you the pros and cons about it. How the art style is, the characters are, how the different elements come together to create either a very cohesive story or it is a horrible thing that you should take to a priest, purify, and burn. You don't have to agree with anything that I and my co-host say, but we try to be entertaining, educational, non-partial, and just fun as possible even though sometimes it doesn't always work because with non-partiality we have to be non-partial and sometimes either the books are really terrible or they're really amazing and i just gotta gush about it especially like with last week's episode that was a lot of fun i really did enjoy it especially how that connected to another series which happened beforehand which made it hysterical but i digress you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirakin.com that's s-p-i-r-a-k-e-n and you can email me personally at xan at spiraken.com. So xan at is where you can email me if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Also, we do have our review archive on there and all of our movie reviews, game reviews, anime reviews, con reviews, and our book reviews. Now, if you want to get your fix for Sparkin somewhere else, we are also on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, Player.fm, Stitcher, the PSN Network, Twitch, and YouTube. If you want to do something really awesome for us, definitely follow us on any of those social media sites and leave us comments there. Let us know what you think and what you enjoy about us because we do try our best to be the best we can. And I know I'm rambling like a lunatic, but hey, we got to get it all done quick because apparently according to all podcast social media sites, they tell you you have to get all this information within two minutes of the show or else you're not going to do good. Let me know what you think about this in the show notes down below. Now, 
Besides that, what is, else is going on in the life of Zan? Well, nothing. Saw an awesome movie this weekend. We talked about it. And, well, besides that, nothing else is going on. Just ready for another week. And as I said, we have a new schedule, which we've been doing for the last month. We're just going to keep going until we reach episode 300. And then maybe we'll keep doing this. Maybe we won't. So we're going to come out three days a week. That's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if we have a movie review now... It's either going to be on Friday or Thursday, depending on the situation. We have some interesting movies, including a movie about a bunch of adults hanging out after hours and doing stuff. You know, games maybe, but I digress. So, let's get to what you're actually here for, and that is talk about the manga of the episode. And if you remember from the last time I spun that one, that only... The Wheel of Manga, and it dictated on the reviewing a manga that was written by Yui Sakuma... Is published by Kodansha and released over here by Kodansha USA. It is a seven series that originally came out in 2013 as a one-shot. And then was released officially as a regular manga in 2014 in May. So a year later. And it still came out to 2015. So there's six volumes. And this is kind of a slice of life. But it's also a character study. And it is a, we'll say it's kind of a primer guide to studying the life of cosplayers. And what is this manga I'm talking about? Well, it is Complex Age. Now, to explain Complex Age, I'm going to first start off with the one-shot. We're going to go in kind of chronological order for a very interesting reason. Now, the original one-shot that was written by Yui Sakuma focuses on the this character whose name is Sawako. She is this married 34-year-old woman who has an interesting secret about her. It's that she's, well, it's not a secret, it's she's obsessed with the Loli Khan lifestyle. Very goth Lolita. Now, if you don't know about goth Lolitas, well, you haven't been to a lot of cons. And if you have, well, you'll notice them immediately. They are those women who wear those very expensive and elaborate petticoats and huge just parasols and full of lace. And sometimes they have dolls on them. They look very, they stand out. And Sawako was obsessed with this. But people were giving her husband and her kind of weird looks. So at the end of this one shot, she realizes that perhaps maybe she's too old. Maybe life isn't working out the way it should because she's into this lifestyle that a lot of kids are into. But she's 34 years old. so Maybe she should give it up. So what she does is she ends up burning all of her very expensive collection. And she's dealing with this situation. She starts off where she's completely depressed. She doesn't want to go out. She doesn't want to cook. She doesn't want to do anything. Then the reverse happens where all she cares about is cooking and cleaning. Everything's so it's spotless. And eventually she does find a balance between these two, but that's where the one-shot ends. Now, the actual manga itself, where this one-shot's at the end of the first volume, is focusing on this 26-year-old woman whose name is Nagisa Katura, who lives with her parents, and she has a little room, and late at night, she's online as cosplayer Nagi. She is super famous in the cosplay world for cosplaying this specific character, who's known as Magical Hood Ururu, and she is very dedicated to her craft. I'm talking obsessed to the point where the day before she's going to Tokyo Big Sight, which is a big cosplay convention, the new season of Magical Hood Ururu is out, and they have a new opening, and they notice that she sees Ururu on the back, and she does her magical transformation, and she spins around, and there is a small insignia on her back. 
that was not in her original cosplay. So she spends the entire night ripping apart pillows, making this little insignificant thing because she has to be perfect. Because the she she empathizes with, she understands, and she th- sympathizes with Aru, and she is going to be the living embodiment of Aru. She is an amazingly obsessive perfectionist, but when she gets there, even she meets her friend Kimiko, who is her photographer friend. She, she just astounds her with how obsessed and amazing she is because her cosplay is completely on point. She looks amazing. It's but it is very elitist because she sees new cosplayers. They go to a meetup, so it's a bunch of them who are dressed up as characters from Aruru. And she sees one of them, and she completely comments on her like, no, you don't stand like that. You have to have your arm up to the left like this. And she's bitchy about it, but she's kind of informing them what's going on. And as they're doing their shot, she kind of humiliates this girl. She walks away. But she's understandably trying to just make it as best she can. She overhears someone saying, oh, that old girl, she's, she doesn't fit the look. And she has a little bit of a breakdown because she's 26 years old. She's tall. She's She looks the part, but she's not perfect. I mean, Aru is this little girl, and she's a woman, so she has long legs, and she's tall, and she's voluptuous. But the costume, she looks on point, but there are pieces of her that are missing. And she's a little depressed about this. So Kimiko sees she's kind of in a funk. And she says, look, I have a friend who wants to join the cosplay circuit. And we need another person because when you flip down that girl, she left. So we need this minor character to be made. So can you make this costume within four days for us so it'll look on point? And she literally goes above and beyond, goes to the store, finds the right fabric. She dyes a wig. She actually buys the wig, bleaches the wig by putting it in soup to dye it so it's a perfect green. She uses wax to make the right curls, everything, so it looks like it's a professional wig. And she brings this girl who looks short, and she's like, well, look, put this on. It's perfect measurements. She also notices the girl looks more like Aru than she does. So she's having kind of like now, oh, God, I thought I was the closest thing in life to Aru, but she's more like Aru than I am. She looks like it, but she has to dress up as other character. And meanwhile, Nagi has is trying to fight her feelings of inferiority to this girl who's never done it before, but everyone else notices that she has everything on point. The body language, all of these little aspects you don't think of with cosplay. How the pose has to be, how the character stance should be. She has it all on point, and she is a perfectionist with this, but she does such a great job with this. And the other aspect of this is she is focusing on this lifestyle and trying to Hold on to it as she gets older, as people are saying she shouldn't do it anymore. And she realizes that she enjoys what she loves. She cares about this so much. And her reasoning for it is just one day she was introduced to the show and it just clicked with her. It connected to her and she has this feeling. It is a interesting study of cosplayer life and why it should focus on kind of an obsessive nature. But it's also a very human nature of trying to fit in to find what defines you. Be who you are. And later on, she becomes friends with this other cosplayer, and she kind of mentors her. Even gets her to cosplay as Aruru, the other girl. But the difference is that everyone says, oh, she looks more like Aruru than you on the forums. But then when she's dressed up as Aruru, everyone's like, no, 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 no. She's not Aruru. Nagi's Aruru. Nagi has the body, the personality, all that. She may look a little bit like it, but she doesn't have the stance. She doesn't have the character of this animated character. So it is interesting. 
it even gets further into it when you ha- find out that her boss, because she's an office lady, so she's a boss who's kind of a ball buster. Her boss, who is 10 years older than her, so she's 36, is also a cosplayer. And she is, she loves it. It's her being herself. Because at work, she is the boss. She is a bitch. She is the person who gets shit done, who you fear for your life. And when she's out cosplaying, no one recognizes her. She looks, well, fantastic. She has fun. She's smiling. She enjoys life. And they actually do a photo shoot and they get together and they have a blast. It's like, I didn't think I could have friends like this because this makes me feel happy. It brings out the joy in my life. The problem with these things with cosplay life, with our hobbies, are that sometimes we feel that the outside world, outside of our hobbies, can understand what we're going through, why we feel like this, even if it's not totally socially acceptable. I mean, us anime and manga fans, a lot of people look at us and say, oh, manga's just for kids. No, it's not. There are so many different facets to it. And we want to show it to them, and it takes a while to show it to them, but when they show it and embrace it, they understand our feelings about it. Cosplay is the same way. You do it because it feels right. I mean, there are cosplayers who are 80 years old. They do it because they love it. But the problem is that keeping your work identity and your cosplay identity separate is kind of important, especially if you are in a position of power. Nagi's boss, they find her because of a social media site. Someone took a picture of her. And then because she is dressed up in cosplay, her entire reputation and the way her staff looks at her is undermined. Her bosses treat her like she's a sex object now. They don't respect her. And her subordinates treat her like she's a slut or she's a bimbo, even though she's the person that they were terrified of for years. It causes her to have an emotional an identity crisis where she ends up quitting her job because, like, I can't do this. I can't. I'm going to quit cosplay. I'm going to quit quit my job. I can't deal with this. I need to just get my shit together, and I can't do this anymore. It even comes to a head because later on, this is a little spoiler, in volume two at the end. The thing is, Nagi lives with her parents, and they really don't know what's going on, supposedly. At the end of volume two, you find that her parents have known the entire time but they felt it was just a phase. And her mother says, you have to destroy all this stuff. It'll ruin your life. You're too old for this. It's terrible for you. You should not do any of this. And she's like, you don't understand, Mom. You'll, you don't understand what it's like to love something or care about something. And then we find out. Her name is Nagisa Katura. That's her name. Her mother's name is Sawako Katura. She's the main character from the light from the light novel one shot. So she's the one who's the goth lowly. So it's interesting to see that happen. You're like, wait, what? She's the one who has this dark secret? And where's this going to go? What's going to happen? Well, it is intriguing and different. And even though this is a Senen series, I feel this is more a Jose series because it is focusing on a female office lady who's trying to fu- keep her identity separate her hobby separate from her life because Senen and Jose I'm starting to see as the years go by that it's not just specifically this is for girls this is for boys no 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 it's more this is more for adults because this is an adult concept it is about keeping your hobby separate or should you embrace them and indulge them show people who you are and that's what this is about and I've got to say, I was surprised about this. I really did enjoy this. I love the fact that it does this 
where you have this cycle from the one shot to the actual novel. And also, I'm interested in seeing how Nagisa is coping with this situation. And as more people discover her identity, how it affects her. However, my one issue with this is that they cannot, I honestly don't think that they could keep this for very long. There's six volumes, and that's a fine amount for this series. I don't think I could see this going any longer than six volumes because it's an interesting character study, but this might have been better as a one-shot, as a one-volume series, focusing on this character, dealing with this alternative lifestyle that she has of being a cosplayer by night and office layer by day. I mean, I could be totally wrong, and if you think I am wrong, email me, zanatspirekin.com. Let me know what you think. And now... As I said, the art style is phenomenal, especially seeing all the intricate detail, and especially when you see the obsessive nature Nagi gets to in designing her costumes. And they show all these little details, like her making notes, her going to stores, like saying, okay, this is 25 cents yen, but I can get this and trade this here and do this. It's, it's, it's crazy. And, and we all, as hobbyists and fans, can sympathize with this obsession. I mean, there are people who are obsessed with, with pride and prejudice. People who are obsessed with battleships people were obsessed with trains and they get this obsessed and they try to hide their things they're like okay at work i'm not gonna talk about this but when i'm at home huzzah i'll have a blast and we sympathize with that and we try to deal with that and it does fit so well and it's not a very fast-paced story it's not it does take a while to get where it's going it goes by event in event it starts off at tokyo big event then it goes to a singles event which is everyone doing one type of group then it's them renting out a cosplay uh, studio. Then them actually going on a vacation, driving to the beach where they'll take shots at their old abandoned castle, which is actually really cool. It shows the lengths these people go to to cosplay and do, do their craft. It shows using camera tricks right. And it's a very cool introduction to the cosplay lifestyle, going beyond what most of us do, which is just make a costume, that's it. There's a whole other set of obsession with this. And I thought I knew about this from Genshikin, if you remember that from episode 100, when I talked about Genshikin and how obsessed some of these characters are. No, hell no. This is beyond that. So, with that in mind, I've been ranting for 16 minutes. And I've got to say, that Complex Age, I'm going to give a really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will slow up, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zoma Gustar. It is an interesting, intriguing, and brilliant read. Now, you don't have to agree with me, but I feel that you definitely should read this. Even if you're not a fan of non-action series, I think that this is a nice read for all of us because it deals with that concept of finding your hobby and trying to keep it and hold on to it, even when the world against you is saying, you should give up that hobby, it's useless. And finding comrades who you can socialize with and care about. Again, if you agree with me, email me, zanspirekin.com. Email me. Uh, or Twitter me, at Spirekin. Instagram me, at, at Spirekin. Just anything with at Spirekin, I guarantee you'll find me. Now, before I forget, the question of the day is going to be, is there a hobby that you feel that you cannot share with your friends or family? Let me know in the comments down below. And now let's get to that part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The, the Wii! Wii! 
Except no substitute. And what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to spin that one, not only the Wheel of Manga. And whatever number it lands on, that's a review in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 265. That means it is 35 episodes away from episode 300. We are almost there. Thank fucking God. And we're going to make this. We're going to do this. I'm going to pound all these episodes out. And then I'll be able to relax and sleep. But we'll see. So we have a lot of good titles on it. So we're going to spin and see what we're going to review. So let's see. Number seven. Cool. So, in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I'm reviewing a manga which has a very unique title. Uh, well, let's be honest, it's a very unique title because it's a very difficult subject we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be talking about, uh, well, a Jose title which actually was not released in a Jose anthology series, but rather it's released in a women's magazine. I feel that I should not actually be talking about this alone, but... We'll try and see. So in the next episode, I'm going to be reviewing Enclosed Called Fat. Anyway, so I guess that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening, and I will catch you guys next time. This is your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa and konbanwa, and I am Gonsville. See you.